You're listening to the Late Night Football Show with your host, Rohit Singh. That's me. On this show, we talk about some of the most serious, least silly topics from the world of football for your entertainment and enjoyment. Please remember that the show is BYOL. Bring your own laughs, since we don't have the budget for a studio audience. Happy listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Night Football. This was going to be a completely different episode, as you all would know, if you've been following me on my social media channels. But thanks to a really stupid mistake from me, we have to postpone the Premier League review show to this coming weekend. However, in the meantime, I didn't want to leave you guys hanging for another weekend, so I have another episode for you, plus a preview for some really exciting new shows that are going to be coming this month to our channel. So... As you all know, all the major European domestic leagues ended this past weekend, Serie A being the last one to conclude. Uh, congratulations to Juventus, by the way, for winning their ninth Serie A title in a row. A fantastic achievement, no matter the circumstances that it was achieved in, or the fact that Juve are so financially dominant over all the other clubs in Italy. However, this is yet another season that Bayern, PSG and Juventus have all won their domestic leagues the seventh in the last eight years that this has happened. Ironically, the team that didn't achieve that uh, sequence of uh, eight successive league titles at least is PSG. So make of that what you will. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, that will be a concern for those in charge of the respective domestic leagues, and I hope that they do take it seriously and take measures to increase the competitiveness one way or another. But I won't hold my breath on that. (laughs) However, with the end of the season, comes two things almost certainly. Uh, One, fans trolling rival fans and pundits with comments that were made during the season about the clubs or the players, uh, mocking them for how wrong they were or how off-base they were. And if you are interested in that, do go over to Twitter or Facebook to get a glimpse of that. I'll confess that uh, I've also been guilty of doing that as well, so I'm not one to talk, but it's quite funny sometimes. But definitely do check it out if you're interested in that. The other is that fans get on their gaming devices and play FIFA or Pro Evolution Soccer, but I'm not discussing that one, to make up for the lack of live football matches. Of course, this year, we've already had to do one FIFA binge session during lockdown, and this season will be short anyway, but in honour of every one of you who's doing that starting this weekend or before, tonight's episode is an homage to EA Sports FIFA video game series. So my first experience with FIFA was FIFA 2000, which I played on my PC in 2006, actually, because of reasons. (laughs) And it was a wondrous experience at the time, uh, since I'd never played a football game before. By the way, this was the time when I had Windows 98 and Windows XP, so it was a very, very long time ago. Uh, But in FIFA 2000, there was a season mode, not unlike the manager mode of today's game, except much simpler and uncomplicated. Uh, The transfer system was also much easier. You just paid the money for a player and you got him rather than what you have to do today uh, with all the negotiations and all that. If if you're a FIFA connoisseur, you would know what I'm talking about. Um, And obviously back then, there weren't the two transfer windows, so you had a lot more time to buy players. You could probably buy them for nine months of the season or about two-thirds of the season rather. You had Ronaldo, the Brazilian one, who was called number 9 for some weird contractual reason, and Pele was number 10 in the classic Brazil 1970 team. And it took me about 15 games to win my first match with Manchester United, 
who were treble winners at the time, <laughs> uh, in the game at least. I think I played about four to five different custom tournaments with all sorts of teams because it was so much fun. And I also built a, a playing 11 team of Ronaldo, Shearer, Zidane, Gerard, Lampard, Owen, and McManaman. A Shearer played as a centre-back in this team because I didn't know a lot of good centre-backs. I think I had Maldini as well in that one. Uh, but the game was a lot of fun and it was a great appetizer because a couple of months later I got FIFA 2006 which was my first football game for PS2. That came along with my first WWE game for PS2 as well. So it took me a good month or two to properly get into it because SmackDown vs Raw 2006 was so good, according to me at least, especially the GM mode. Uh, but anyway, I did eventually get into it. Speaking of which, I still play SmackDown vs Raw 2006 sometimes on my emulator PC, so uh, <laughs> there's that one. Uh, but it took me even longer to win a game on that console than it did on PC. Because even though I had a Newcastle team with boasting Ronaldo, Adriano, both of whom were rated 94 back then, Adriano was in his prime, I think, uh, Kaka, Ronaldinho, Gerard, Cristiano Ronaldo, Cafu, Terry, Ferdinand, Roberto Carlos, it was definitely a more balanced team, but I couldn't win matches for a while. Uh, and ultimately, though, once I did get the hang of the game, it was great. I couldn't stop. Uh, this one had a manager mode which was definitely more sophisticated than FIFA 2000, but still not as detailed as, as the one today. You had two transfer windows, as had become the norm by then, although the summer one was shorter because the game simulated match-to-match. -match. So there were fewer matches in August compared to January, so you had a much shorter ja summer transfer window and a much longer January transfer window for some reason. Uh, there wasn't real money either, it was something called credits. So you, instead of dollars or pounds or euros, you had to deal in something called credits. And also, you had about 10 different staff. You had physios, stadium managers, scouts, negotiators, things like that. I think you had 10 of them. And you could upgrade each one to a maximum level of 10. And then you'd get better deals on sponsorships or build a bigger stadium and stuff like that. Uh, what was funny was if you upgraded your negotiator all the way up to level 10, you could actually decrease your player's salary by half in each contract negotiation. So imagine that. So you could start a player at about like a one-season contract for 1,000 credits, say, then you could get them for two seasons for 500, then 250, then 125. Eventually, you could, I could get them down to $2 or a dollar per game. Like it was just, I mean, one credit, rather. It was just funny. Um, and also, if your scout was a 10, level 10, you'd automatically get 90-plus rated youth players. Like, your youth players would come out automatically 90-plus. I was just, you know, it's unimaginable. I mean, it seems kind of funny today, but back then it was like a blast uh, to have that. Uh, by the way, fun fact, uh, in 2006, Cristiano Ronaldo was rated at a 93 level, while Lionel Messi was rated at 79. So make of that what you will. I think they got, got that one a bit weird. I think FIFA 2006 in general was pretty generous with its uh, player ratings because, as I said, Adriano was a 94, uh, Podolski was an 88, uh, even though this was pre-winning uh, the Golden Boy Award, I think, at the World Cup. Uh, Rooney was a 93 as well, Wood was 91. I think, yeah, the, the whole uh, player rating system was, uh, was very, very uh, generous. Uh, the player graphics were obviously much better than 2000. Uh, and also they had these little great extras, like they had the 2004-2004 season retrospectives for the Premier League, La Liga and Serie seasons. I think they had one more that I'm forgetting. I'm not sure it was the French League or Bundesliga, but they had one more. Uh, they also had an interview with Samuel Eto'o, and they had 10 real, really billion goals scored, like a top 10 goal scored thing as well that you could watch. So it was very nice. They also had the Classic 11 and the World 11 teams, 
uh, plus you could play FIFA 94, which was the first ever FIFA game that they released. So which is very cool. I play, and now I can say that I played FIFA 94 as well. Um, but I did play on FIFA 2006 actually. Uh, there was also the op option for internet updates and play as well, but I didn't have a connection at that time. Like, internet wasn't a big deal at that time. I couldn't log on. So, basically, throughout my time playing FIFA 2006, which I think is a game that I've played the longest, uh, any one FIFA game that I've played the longest, FIFA 2006 is the longest, I was just playing with the original team updates. There were no updates that were done, and I was making changes as I went along with it. So, it was, it was fun. It was really weird, but I mean, I played it for a very, very long time. Uh, the next game that I did get was FIFA 2008 on a PC from a friend, which I played for a few weeks. And the funny thing about FIFA 2008, for any of you played it, was that the players, they were actually playing till 39, 40 years old before retiring. So nobody retired before 40 years old for some reason on, on FIFA 2008. I don't know why that was, but that was the case. Uh, and then I got FIFA 2009 on PS2, followed by 2010 and 2011. So between FIFA 2006 and FIFA 2009, I never played a PS2 game. Uh, FIFA, but then I got the next three all on PS2. Uh, but because they were all on PS2, they were not the high quality versions that you would get on PS3 at the time. So the gameplay was still very rudimentary. They were pretty similar to each other, aside from the rosters that changed. And there were not many graphical changes in 2009, but then by 2010 and 2011, they had started making some changes to the faces and adding a few new faces. So there was something. But I could also create my own clubs and players uh, from FIFA 2009 onwards. Actually, you could do it from 2007 onwards. So that was great. And it was fun because I kept doing that uh, by creating a club, you know, with the name of my hometown, home village. And then I had my friends in it as players. And I was winning tournaments with them. It was, it was kind of funny. It was really funny um, to do that. But it was childish, but enjoyable nonetheless. Uh, 2011 was my last FIFA game on PS2. Because in January 2012, I left India and came to Canada. And I really thought that would be the end of my FIFA journey. Because by that time, I was in my 20s. And up till that point, someone else had been buying games for me. Because uh, that's the way it was. And I didn't think I would want to do the same once I, you know, once you come to Canada and you've got to do the whole settling in thing. I didn't think that the game would be high up my list. But I was wrong. Because in June, I ended up buying a PS3. Which was one of the first things that I did with my money. <laughs> Um, and I was playing FIFA Street for a while because I didn't want to buy the old FIFA game, which would have been FIFA 2012 at that point. I didn't want to buy that in in 2012. So I thought, I'll just wait till October and wait for the new game to come out and I will play that. And so I waited till October and then I got FIFA 2013, which was my first game on PS3 and oh boy. It was a drastic shift because the manager mode had changed completely. To resemble the modes from Football Manager and FIFA Manager. If you've played, if you've seen the evolution of the games, you can know what I'm talking about. Is that the games? I think from about 2012 onwards, the the the, the interface was very much similar to how it used to be on Football Manager or FIFA Manager. It was also the first time that I was able to connect my game to the internet. So I was able to have squad updates for the first time as they were doing it. Before that, I never had squad updates for my for my uh, games. They were always the original rosters that remained throughout, unless I made changes. But uh, from this point on, I could have the squad updates. And the scouting system was also very different from the previous games that I'd played, which was now based on this potential thingy, uh, as opposed to how it used to be before, where you just got a player. If you had a high upgrade, uh, upgraded um, staff, you could really get a 90-level player out of the bat. But in this case, there was potential and things like that. And I think it required a lot more nuance at this point, because I think previously, 
if you had wanted to 60 65 70 level players one of the things that i like to do was i would like to sell some of my star players and bring in youth players for like 65 70 levels and grow them and, and you know still win games with them but you couldn't do that anymore uh with fifa 13 you had to have good players if you wanted to win matches so it was as it fate would have it actually fifa 2013 was my first and also my last game on pace 3 because i couldn't afford to buy fifa 14 i didn't have a job at that time and by the time FIFA 15 came along, I had bought a PS4. So uh, this was my first and last game on PS3. And I think since that time, there have been a lot of many more changes. I mean, anybody who's been playing it regularly would know that. We now have uh, player training sessions to improve attributes, which when, I, when they first came along, I completely abused it uh, for a few years. And until now, I think I finally got the hang of how it's supposed to be done. But before, it was like, get a player... You know, it's like a 94 potential grade, bring him in and then immediately start like, uh, you know, training him and getting him up. So he would get up to a 90 really quickly, but then would be completely useless when it came to pace or anything of the of those uh, physical attributes because I was just abusing it. But I've kind of got the hang of it now. The transfer negotiations have changed completely because now there's cutscenes when you're doing the negotiations with the clubs and the players and the players... Uh, it's interesting, and now we can also see managers on the touch lines, and we can even customize them to look as much like us as possible, male, female, different ethnicities, different uh, attire. I mean, it's wonderful uh, what, what, what the evolution has been. And now players can also get up to a 99 level, like they used to in, back in 2006. In 2006, you could have a player get up to a 99 level. You couldn't have that, I think, uh, post-2012 at least. But now, in FIFA 2020, you can get players up to a 99 level if you manage them right. And I have done perfect 38 NO seasons. I'm going to brag that I have done perfect 38 NO seasons in career mode quite a few times, by the way, on legendary level. So if you've achieved that, please let me know in the comment section as well. I want to see if it's a unique achievement or something that only I managed. I'm sure I'm not the only one, but uh, <laughs> it's definitely that. Uh, plus, we've seen the journey of Alex Hunter. Which was great. I never thought we'd see story modes on FIFA, but we've seen that as well. We've seen the journey of like Alex Hunter, and now we've seen street football that came back in FIFA 20, which is also a blast. I love street football as well, the way that it works. It's very nice to play as well co-op with FIFA 20, especially if you're playing with people who are not generally into FIFA, but want to play something for a while. It's a really easy, quick games, and it's, it's wonderful. Uh, but basically, FIFA has changed a lot since I first started out on it uh, way back when, you know, 14 years ago now. And I know, I know, it's not always been perfect. And sometimes, like I said, it's been downright laughable. If we look back and think about the things that we've played through, I think, I think we'll probably laugh at it now. But but I've enjoyed them for what they are. Now, flaws and all, I would say that I don't think I've ever played a FIFA game, but I haven't been satisfied. I haven't always been you know, happy. I haven't always been overjoyed or you know, big, but I've always been satisfied. And, and, and I want to note here that I've never played FIFA Ultimate Team. I'll be honest and I'll say that I've never got into online gameplay because that's not really been my thing. I, I prefer, you know, doing career mode. I prefer, you know, building my own stories and not having to, to play a FIFA Ultimate Team. I just find that a waste of time. Uh, the one thing that I do miss uh, through all of this evolution is the fact that outside of career mode or the story mode nowadays, there's not really a lot you can do. You, I mean, I, I found myself less and less playing kickoffs or custom tournaments. I don't find myself playing that much, whereas with FIFA 2006, I was playing a bunch of custom tournaments because I could customize teams even outside of, you know, the squad updates and then actually play custom tournaments. And, I, you know, and that's kind of sad because it used to be fun. You know, after a while, you kind of get bored of career mode. So it was kind of fun to play custom tournaments and things like that. And 
Um, I think I think it's just me preferring to build teams now rather than just have a super team built from current superstars. I think back in the day it was like you saw a, a player you really liked and you were like, okay, let's buy him on FIFA 2006 or buy him on FIFA and then play him in your team. But now I think I'm kind of like, ah, well, you know, just try to build a team. Uh, so so I guess it's a mentality shift for me. But I kind of do feel that uh, the the latest FIFA games don't encourage you to do that much kind of maybe um and i've also not played much of uh, be a pro uh, I, i since i prefer playing as a team as opposed to an individual in fifa i find fifa uh, for me the best experience is when i play as a team rather than playing as just one guy I, it has its merits but i usually prefer playing uh, as a team so i've not played much of be a pro on that one i did play it once for a sustained period of time and i purposely got my team relegated so i <laughs> It was just funny because I I was just keep on like I wanted to give keep my player in the team. So what I would do is I would get a bunch of other players red carded. So we'd lose games, but I was always in the team. <laughs> um, but I was goofy. <laughs> it was fun for a while. Um, eventually, of course, it got boring. Um, and I've also played FIFA Manager and Football Manager. Uh, if you haven't played those, those are manager simulation games, and and they're really fun. Uh, but FIFA discontinued the FIFA Manager series. And I I think playing that kind of simulation kind of seems like a chore now. I prefer playing as opposed to sort of taking a backseat management thing. Uh, but I know FIFA twenty one from what I've heard is that it will have an interface that is closer to FIFA Manager, the career mode. So I'm looking forward to that. I think I think that will be something fun. Uh, but that's my FIFA retrospective experience. Uh, do share yours as well in the comments. I always like to hear everyone's stories playing the game. I think it's it's a wonderful pastime and a wonderful hobby, and I know a lot of people even do it professionally now. Uh, but do tell me, you know, what what your experience has been of playing FIFA. Also, I have some exciting news for you. Uh, we are bringing two new shows for you this month. I know everyone was sad that the Ballon d'Or was cancelled for this year, but fear not, as we are doing Trivia d'Or, our own competition crowning the biggest football trivia expert. Well, within a certain group of people that I know, uh, but we're still doing that. Uh, so be sure to follow our social media channels to know more more about the dates and the details about that tournament. It is going to happen this month, um, and uh, it's going to be a blast. I think it's going to be great. Uh, also, this was supposed to be the year of the European Championships, but that got moved as well because of uh, COVID. So we've decided to fill the gap with interviews from people. who had first hand local experiences in countries that were participating in or hosting summer tournaments so forget about the champions league and the europa league being the the gap filler our show is going to be the gap filler for the summer tournaments no, i'm kidding but it will be <laughs> again uh, details will be available on our social media channels so make sure to follow us and not miss out on it i think both those shows will be really really exciting and i'm sure you'll love it uh, but anyway that's it for tonight uh, i know you were expecting something entirely different But I hope this makes up for it somewhat. I hope I've kind of taken you guys down the trip to memory memory lane, and maybe some of you might want to even fire up the old emulator or the old console and play a game of FIFA. Uh, but I promise we will have the Premier League review show for you next weekend, and it's going to be much better than initially planned. We already have some big news on that, so keep again keep checking our uh, social media for news on that because we have an update for you about that show happening this weekend. Uh, but take care, guys, and see you next week. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to that episode of Late Night Football. We need your help to grow this channel. So if you've been enjoying the show thus far, please do like and subscribe to this channel and share it with your friends, family, colleagues, neighbors, drinking buddies, fellow football fans, and anybody else you know or don't know. We really appreciate it. Uh, please also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We have the links in the description below and 
spread the word about us. Take care.